Welcome everybody to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have with me today, Rachel Grant. So welcome, Rachel. Hey, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you. I just told you before we started recording that I was stalking your Facebook page and uh, <laughs> all the awesome stuff that you're doing. So, you. so yeah, so you um, are a coach. I mean, it's Rachel Grant Coaching is your yeah. is your website. And I'll have that that link on on the YouTube video as well. But um, you have a program called, hold on, I wrote it down, Beyond Surviving. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Okay. So yeah. So talk to us about what you've been up to. Wow. Thanks, Terry. Um, so just so everyone can get to know me a little bit, um, I work with survivors of childhood sexual abuse who are really at that place in their journey where they are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable and burdened, you know, by everything that has happened in the past. And I, through the Beyond Surviving program, help them break free from all of that pain um, resulting from trauma and really move on with their lives. And so I can share a little bit about my journey. I'm sure I will as, as we go along today, but you know, I've been at this for 12 years now and, you know, doing this beautiful work with men and women. I love that I get to work virtually with folks. So I have clients all over the country and all over the world. And this has really just kind of grown into something that I don't, I don't even think I really understood what it was going to be when I started, (laughs) as life does sometimes, Um, but I'm really proud of what I've created and the work that I get to do every day. Well, congratulations, and again, I just, you know, kudos to you for, um, one, offering a hand to hold for others. You know, I talk a lot with uh, podcast guests, but also, you know, when I give presentations and, and talk, and when I write in my blog and say, you know, the more of us that are shining our lights of hope that then can reach back into the darkness and help those who are struggling. And that's yeah. certainly, you know, what yeah. you're doing and, and that light work that you're doing is just beautiful. So thank you. Mm, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a real joy. I mean, to be able to, um, I really think that we are all so very interconnected and that, you know, when you heal, I heal. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, the more people on this planet who we can support, in that process and bring into a place of wholeness, you know, I think the better off we all are. Yes. And and it's just such an honoring of, of stories, you know, when, Mm -hmm. when I started finally in my (laughs) forties started putting my story out there, you know, my, I put it out on Facebook, you know, to, Mm. to a, a very welcoming and supportive friends and family audience. But there were quite a few that were just like, Oh, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what? You know, one, how can you be such a happy, smiling person and, you know, you radiate joy, Terry, and you've been through this, but that's part of that healing is that you can live a life of joy and you can live a life of peace um, if you're willing to go back and do the healing work. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've found that as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, my um, experience of sexual abuse began when I was 10 years old with my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And like so many survivors of abuse, my immediate reaction and response to what was happening was confusion and fear and trying to make sense of this thing that was happening to me. And because I'm a child and I have no point of reference, the things that I'm, you know, coming up with as explanations are, you know, not so great. They're in the realm of, you know, because I'm bad or because I did something to deserve this and I'm worthless or unlovable. 
And, you know, when my parents discovered what was happening, they were really great about getting my grandfather out of the house. And they attempted to get me into therapy. But I at that stage was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not talking about this stuff. Are you crazy? I don't want to go anywhere near it. Right. And I just really spent, you know, the next, I don't know, probably eight years, eight, 10 years um, with my head in the sand, you know, attempting to try to pretend, you know, that everything was okay and I was fine. But eventually that trauma caught up with me and I really had to just face the fact that this experience was impacting the way I felt. It was impacting my relationships, what I saw as possible for my future. And so that's, you know, really the beginning of my healing journey was just accepting and acknowledging that I needed to do some of that work. Yeah. And that's um, what you said just really struck a chord with me about how your trauma caught up with you because Mm. how many times, you know, people had said to me, um, it's in the past, just let it go. My mother being one of them, Mm. (laughs) you know, learn to forgive Terry and let it go. And it's like, no, that's not the way the brain works. You know, now that we're discovering, you know, the impact of trauma on not just our physical bodies, Um, but on a psychological and, you know, well, a cellular level, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just so, yeah, powerful. And we can't just, like you said, put our head in the sand and pretend like it didn't happen and, um, you know, just forgive it away. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, I really, really believe that it is possible to let go of the past and to move on with our lives, but it doesn't happen just by saying, I'm going to let it go. There's a process, right? Um, There are steps that we, you know, can have to go through in order to reach that place. And, you know, that really became the, the focus of my journey at a certain point. Uh, You know, I, I had a moment Uh, Right after I went through a divorce, I'd been in a 10-year relationship that was very abusive. Mm -hmm. And coming out of that was, you know, kind of one of those, you know, wake up and get your shit together moments, you know, (laughs) because I just noticed that I was stuck in these cycles and in these patterns. And even though I was in therapy and I had done some reading and I had, you know, kind of some understanding about why I struggled in some of the ways I did, I felt really frustrated that so much of the resources um, that I, so many of the resources that I was accessing didn't seem to really have a next step. It was all about, you know, naming and acknowledging, which was important, but I wanted to know what to do about all of this. Like, how do I actually change? How do I actually heal? And so uh, in that moment of just really deciding that I was sick of just surviving my life and I really wanted to live it that launched me onto this whole path of, you know, studying and research and doing my master's in counseling psychology, really digging into neuroscience. And and that's, I think, one of the things that made the biggest difference for me when I really began to understand the way that trauma impacts the brain and the nervous system and what that tells us about how we can actually heal. And I began to thinking of trauma as this injury to the brain and to the nervous system. And therefore, you know, we can have antidotes, if you will, (laughs) Um, you know, ways to salve and heal that injury. And that's really, I started out just trying to get my own self together and trying different things. But eventually that evolved into, you know, a curriculum and a step-by-step process that I share, you know, with my clients over and over again. 
Yeah, brain plasticity stuff. I'm fascinated mm, by it. I yeah, love it. it's so good. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, yeah. you know. And I, I went back. I my degree is in psychology as well because I was fascinated by, you know, how my mom had been through some trauma so similar to mine. You know, and hers was all about you know just faith in God and praying it away kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I'm I'm having these horrific panic attacks, and you know, I was struggling so bad with the panic attacks, and so yeah. But then once brain plasticity came across, you know, my radar, I was like, I don't have to be like broken forever. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes tell my clients who are feeling very, very broken, like, well, just imagine it like if you fell and broke your arm, would you just say, oh, well, okay, I guess I have to live the rest of my life with a broken arm. <laughs> like you wouldn't do that, right? Um, but somehow in this field of like mental health and psychology, there's this, um, uh, you know, I think a myth, honestly, that I'm constantly, you know, bumping up against and trying to resolve and evolve for people that this is, you know, a lifelong sentence and it's just the way it is and it has to be this way. And um, we would never say that with an injury to like a bone. So why would that be the case when it comes to an injury to the brain? And, you know, now I guess, you know, I was probably in my mid twenties ish when I started this journey and now I'm in my forties and, you know, so more than, you know, a couple of decades later, you know, life is very different. I'm surprised in some ways about like how boring my life is. (laughs) It's like, you know, all of those ups and downs and the crazy chaos and the big mood swings and, you know, feeling constantly on edge, you know, none of that exists these days. Right. You know, I see that and, you know, um, transfer to my clients as well. And they go on to do things that they never, you know, thought they could do. I have one client who's having a baby, like, right soon in a couple of days. And she never thought she would be able to start a family. You know, people have started businesses. And, you know, to me, Terry, this is one of the the biggest reasons why healing from trauma is so critical. Because, yes, it's important for our individual health and wellness. And that super matters. But what I find so fascinating is the, the trickle-down effects of having been healed, right? And having resolved that past trauma, people go on to do really amazing things. And they pass that on to the next generation, their children and and go out and create programs and organizations and businesses and that really have a big effect on, you know, on the world ultimately. Right. And that's so cool. You should say that because I just posted a, you know, a quote on Facebook in the last two days. Today's my daughter's 13th birthday. And so teenager yay put out the big post with all the baby and it was something along the lines of as we the the best gift we can give our daughters you know as women is um as we empower ourselves as we grow Mm -hmm. um you know in our healing that we give them that gift of knowing that they can be powerful, knowing that they can be empowered. And so you're, you're so dead on with that is what a trickle down a beautiful effect that is to, Mm. you know, to children to watch um, someone, you know, that they love go through the healing and be courageous and face it and, you know, maybe trip and fall and, or fall backwards a little bit, but to get back up and do it again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Really cool. For sure. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, empowerment is such a, an important 
part of this journey. I think one of the things that immediately happens for men and women who experience trauma is that our choice is taken away. We don't have choice in the midst of abuse and trauma. There's um, somebody else's, somebody else is imposing their choice upon us. And I think for many survivors of abuse, myself included, that really lands us in this place of feeling very disempowered. And like, we don't have any say about our life and things are just happening to us. And we've got to just take whatever comes our way and deal with it. And so, you know, one of the things that has made a big difference for me personally, and that I love to pass on to my clients is really, how do we come back into a place of choice? How do we put our hands back on the steering wheel of our life? of our brain, of our body, you know, that's a, a major theme in the work that I do because reclaiming that choice is how we access that power and um, capacity and authorship of our lives. Yes. And I, I love the visual of grabbing a hold of the steering wheel. My, my <laughs> biggest, and I only say that because yeah. like my biggest fear, I went through four years of EMDR because I had mm. so much trauma to work through, but it was, it was really life altering for me. But we never could tap into why I had this horrific fear of driving on highways. Like we just, mm. we kept trying to come back to it, you know, went through all the traumas anyway. So I still have. And so when you said grab the steering wheel, you know, that's, that's <laughs> so like my goal is to figure that right. out. Right. Into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. You know, I think it's so, you know, the human mind and the associations, how we build associations, how belief systems, you know, get created, how fears and triggers, you know, get kind of settled into the system. It's so fascinating Oh yeah. Um, because there's some things that it's very, very clear and obvious where it comes from and why it's there. And then there can be other things, you know, like you're describing where there, it's just hard to kind of locate what's right. going on. And, you know, we just continue to learn and to grow. You know, I often tell my, my, my folks that it's not really about, um, life keeps happening. In other words, you know, we, we're never going to reach a point where life just stops happening. You know, we're going to have things in our lives that are difficult or hard. Um, but there is an opportunity to feel some distance between those past experiences so that you're really living more and more in the present and navigating and responding to the current things that are, are right in front of you at this time. Yeah. Very, very much so that, that living in the now, being in the present, um, that mindfulness kind of stuff, and, but also being armed with, and I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts I've gotten from the healing process, and so many people say that they have, is being armed with the tools necessary that when something does happen that may even border upon traumatic, you know, a death of a family member or something, um, it's no longer so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because because I have I have the tools and I, you know the, those who've been through healing have the tools and you're offering the tools mm -hmm. to um, help people get through. So how do people, you know, get in touch with you or find out more about what it is that you do? So the best place to start is at my website, rachelgrantcoaching.com. And something that I always recommend people do is to scroll down to the bottom and get my three stages of recovery checklist. You know, something that I've really noticed and given a lot of thought to over these years of working in this field is, you know, what are the steps and what is the process and what are those stages? So I, I lay it out in a very linear way just because it's easier for people to kind of wrap their head around. Um, it's not necessarily 
necessarily that you do like one, two, three. You might kind of circle around through them or you might have one area where you're further along than another area. But one thing that has been really helpful is for people to begin to identify where they are in this journey. And importantly, therefore, what are the goals of recovery for that stage and what kinds of support to get. So when you're, you know, through that survivor stage, you're kind of in the survivor stage where you've, you know, come into a place of acknowledgement, you're able to talk about your experiences of trauma, you've gotten a little bit of understanding as to why and how this experience has impacted you, but you start to really notice that's not enough. You're kind of sick and tired of talking about it and you're ready to do something about it. That's really where my work comes into play. And so this checklist will help you kind of figure out and sort out where you are and certainly check out the resources you're welcome to apply for a consultation and um, I can you know see how I can be of a, a support to anybody who's listening would be glad to connect yeah I thought I saw on there you like offer like a free initial just kind of a consultation meeting yeah. um, see if you're a good fit with one another right yeah, that's right. So the Discover Your Genuine Self consultation, you can click and fill out the application and um, share with me a little bit about kind of where you're at in your journey. And then that will help me determine um, what our best next step is, is to connect and make sure you get the resources that you need. Um, and then you can also check out the resources page on the website. There's all sorts of things. I do a monthly virtual support group that is donation based and nobody is turned away for lack of funds. So that's a great place to kind oh. of land each cool. month yeah. and you know connect into community and get support and resources we explore a theme each month that's important to the healing process next month we're doing authority issues <laughs> I definitely have had some of those in my day right <laughs> um, so I love that community in that space and there are master classes and the podcast and the blog and so um I really encourage people to just come, you know, check out the website, bounce around, and um, of course, reach out and get in touch with me if you have any questions or are curious about the program. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Are, are there any myths or facts that you want to clarify for listeners, um, either about, you know, trauma itself, about the healing process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think for me, one of the things that I was literally told by a therapist one day when I was just in a very sad state, I was feeling extremely frustrated about my life and looking at the world around me and feeling like everybody else had it together and I did not. And I could feel this longing to just be normal. I, I just wanted to feel normal. <laughs> and, you know, I actually don't feel, have any hangups about that word. Um, I, I think there, that we all have our understanding of what that means for us. And I was talking to my therapist and just said, like, when is this going to end? Am I ever going to feel normal? And this particular therapist looked at me and said, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just like that, Terry. No. What a way to take the wind of the, out of that hope sail. <laughs> I was like, Thank you. You're fired. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. And, um, you know, so for me, I really want people to know and understand that um, this is not a life sentence. No. Your life is not meant to be. Oh, how do I say it, Terry? It's not meant to be consumed 
by healing and recovery. Growing and learning and transforming, that can be a lifelong journey. That's so much fun to like discover new things and new insights and, but trying to like in this process of recovery where you feel like there's just something broken and out of whack that doesn't have to take your life to resolve and for me i i really um want people to hear that and to get that and just to know that there are resources available that will help you continue to step forward in this path because you know your life is more than the trauma you experienced i love that message i mean truly love that message and what popped into my head was when I now get onto a highway, you know, as a passenger and, you know, have my highway phobias still, my, it, it no longer goes to a panic attack because I'm so gentle with myself. And yeah. I think that's part of it. I know it's there. I know I'm still trying to find, you know, the trigger, um, but I don't push it. I, I told myself it'll come to me when it, when it's meant to come to me and mm -hmm. I'll continue to do the work. But I'm also learning to be very gentle with myself has been, again, just yeah. a huge shift in life altering for me. Um, and it no longer, what you just said, it doesn't make it about constantly feeling like I'm broken or, you know, having to be like always on this healing, trying to fix mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Just live my life and know that um, it, this is part of the journey. Yeah, I love that. I dig that so much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. So what, um, shoot, my, my brain just went, I loved your word dig. It, I, that was just so cool. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that was so awesome. Um, <laughs> so I, okay, so now I'm going to throw at you my favorite question that I love to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. All right. If you could meet anyone, dead or alive, to help you with your continued journey, who would it be? Interesting. <laughs> Robin Williams is the first person that comes to mind. And when I was a kid, I remember watching Dead Poets Society and I was going to be that guy. It really, I already knew I wanted to be a teacher. And then there was something about watching him like engage with literature in the way he did in that film. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to be an English teacher. And Robin Williams just continued to be um, a, a resource for me. A, all the way up to Goodwill Hunting, his character in that film. Later in my life, when I was in my healing journey, and he he was my therapist through that film. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there like I was in the chair and like receiving those words from right. him. And the other thing that I adore about Robin Williams is his humor. Uh, and for me, you know, sometimes people are kind of surprised how much we laugh in this, you know, program and goof off because life is too short to be that serious. And there is, there is room for levity and lightness, even in the space of things that are really dark and yeah. tragic. Yeah. And, you know, um, and so he's always been just someone who I've admired and appreciated and certainly miss, wish he was still here with us. Right. Right. Yeah. What a beautiful soul. And I've just heard amazing things about him. One of my podcast guests that was on here had done a movie with him and um, just was saying he really was a genuinely beautiful soul, hmm. um, which is, is cool from somebody, you know, that, that knew him and did a film with yeah. him. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That what, that what he portrays really is, you know, 
who he is. Yeah. 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 And laughter. Yeah. It is such medicine. It's medicine for the soul and it's, uh, it's good for us. And you're right. Even in this, in this dark subject, um, yeah, kind of keeps us from crying. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, anything else that you want to touch upon, uh, you know, or talk about? Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for that question. <laughs> Goodness, what a landscape of opportunity. Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, something I'll just mention is I recently participated in a, a storytelling project. And when I went, when I signed up for this workshop, I did so with the intention of, oh, I'm going to revisit my, you know, abuse story and come at it from a different angle or take it a little deeper, or, you know, see what else is still sitting there. And then by the end of the first workday, I was like, I am so not interested in telling that story and dealing with it or looking at it. and. It, it really brought to light for me, I think, something that I care deeply about, which is supporting people in integrating this experience into their lives so that the experience of abuse and trauma becomes like a thread that is a part of the tapestry of their lives. But it's not like the whole damn blanket. Yeah. And so, right. And so and then in some ways getting bored with that story. Like I'm over it. I'm bored with it. I don't care about telling that story again. It doesn't need to be center stage. And um, so I just share that by way of, you know, encouraging those of you who are in this process for now, your story, your experience is likely, likely in the spotlight. But cultivate a mindset that this experience is just one of many experiences in your life, that there are all sorts of stories for you to tell and all sorts of experiences for you to explore. And that as you continue to resolve and heal this trauma, one day you will look up and be like, yeah, I'm kind of bored about it. Don't really yeah. get, care about it anymore. Right. It sounds like a great book title, like the whole damn blanket. <laughs> right on. Planting the seed, Terry. Oh my goodness. All right. Love that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Like I, I so got it when you said it. I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, it is just part of part of the story, but um not the whole thing. That's right. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. I love it. I love it. So what what did you utilize along your, you know, you said you um, you know, that after about eight years or so, you know, you had realized that you needed to start on this healing journey or didn't even realize maybe you just started upon it. Is there anything in particular that you utilized um, to help you along your way? Yeah, you know, I read everything I could possibly get my hands on. Um, some really um, important books along my journey um, were um, Daniel Siegel's book on the developing mind. That is when I really started to understand the way that the brain actually impacts the way that we relate to each other and how the brain is wired and how it works and how trauma impedes that. Um, I'm also really fascinated with um, Nadine Burke Harris's work right now. Um, she just wrote a book called The Deepest Well, mm -hmm. and that's adding just more layers. You know, as we begin to think about um, the impact that trauma has um, on our lives and the sooner we can catch that and begin to screen for that in schools and in, in medical professions, you know, um, I think 
the better we're going to be at intercepting trauma earlier on. And so that people can, you know, receive that healing and that support early and not spend so much of their lives, you know, impacted by it is really great. Right. Yeah. Another book that I really love that I just read over and over and over again was The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Um, and there's just so many beautiful little nuggets in that book. And it just kept hope for me. It just inspired me. Um, and uh, yeah, it just brought a lot of kind of joy and light to my life as I went, went along. I have not read that. So I'm going to add that to my, to my yeah, list of, one. <laughs> of books. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That had not come across my radar yet. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, I love, you know, coming across these books that, um, I'm that person that reads 19 books at one time. You know, uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm very similar. How can you do it? You know, but, you know, I'm reading, I'll have like one on, um, you know, You Are Not Your Brain um, about brain plasticity, but then I'll be reading, you know, Janet Ivanovich, you know, something Stephanie Plum, you know. Uh fun novel you know like like my beach read but you know and it kind of goes all over but I just have to yeah I I can dive all into all of them at once (laughs) I love that it makes it fun so yeah all right well I um again if there's anything else that you want to touch upon or or talk about Mm. feel free Well, I just want to offer gratitude. You know, I just appreciate that we're living in a time where we can have these conversations so much more publicly and openly. And, you know, I think as we continue to tackle the shame that, you know, sits around trauma, that we get people talking more and more and coming forward sooner rather than later. And we begin to understand that this experience is, you know, is is in many ways a universal experience, unfortunately. And um, hopefully those numbers will change as we continue to educate, you know, our children and other people and we continue to heal, um, you know, this earth, this planet and humanity. Um, But in the meantime, if we can continue to dialogue and and bring hope and inspiration to those who are in the, the process of healing, you know, I love that. So stay encouraged. I know I've had, I've been there those dark days where you're like, I don't know about this. I don't know if things are ever going to get any better. Um, but I just want to offer a word of encouragement to anyone out there today who's dealing with this pain and this trauma that it does get better. Keep working at it. Keep taking your next smallest step towards yeah. healing and keep reaching out for support because we certainly cannot learn or heal in isolation. Right. And we certainly cannot, to add to that, learn enough because, again, filling that toolbox with um, coping skills. And I've talked about this in the past, but there are times when something that I've learned, I can utilize if, you know, I feel some anxiety being triggered. And then, then you know, another time that won't work, but I yeah. can turn to something else. That's right. And, and yeah. it will work. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, that one of the things that we do in the Beyond Surviving program is build the Beyond Surviving Toolkit. For that exact reason, you know, sometimes we're in a certain mood or we're in a certain space and whatever tool, it just lands and it clicks in. And then for whatever reason, in another moment, it doesn't. So we need to have something else that we can reach for. Absolutely. And in all of those moments, finding that space of compassion for ourselves. Yes. Um, Because, you know, we're imperfect humans. We're so layered. We're so dynamic. There's a lot going on. (laughs) And so if we can be kind and gentle with ourselves in the same way that we are with other people, um, I think that goes a long way towards healing. 
Yes. And I tell everyone my two biggest life altering, like really had an impact on me things that my therapist said, you know, in those four years of EMDR of all the things that stuck. <laughs> one was be gentle with yourself and learning to be gentle with myself, which you just stated. And then the other one was just notice. Just notice. So when things would start to arise and something was triggered and I could feel the sensations coming or the thoughts and just just notice. Don't judge it. And and I learned that in some meditations as well that I was doing. And they would say, you know, just just notice, just bring yourself back to center, you know. And that those two things were very powerful along my healing journey. So Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, I think one of the things that happens with trauma is that we end up not in the present. We're constantly in the past, right? Or the future. future. We're like living on these, you know, what's going to happen and what did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not really able to take in what's happening. Right. So the more we can cultivate that and find that space of groundedness, I talk about that as healthy nervous system regulation, um, then yeah, we can be more present in our lives. And a lot of those fears and triggers and things that are so able to interfere and interrupt the course of a day start to fall away when we are, first of all, aware, gentle, and then, you know, accessing our choice in any given moment about where we're going to put our attention. Yes, absolutely. And I, I love the whole mindfulness thing, which is what you're alluding to and being in the now is Mm -hmm. that, you know, when I can let go of a trigger from the past or worry about the future, I'm like, Oh, there's a ladybug (laughs) on a pretty (laughs) pretty flower. Like, yes, I'm right back here in this moment. It's beautiful. And everything around me is very calm and peaceful. And I'm okay right here where I am. Mm, I dig that. Yeah, that's fun, Terry. I love the way that that represents just our capacity to see more when we're present. And there's a lot of scientific uh, studies, you know, have looked at the impact that focus has on the brain. We're constantly teaching our brain what to prioritize and what to pay attention to. So if you're out in the world looking for pain or distrust or being taken advantage of or I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable, you will find that. Um, But as you begin to retrain the brain and shift that focus, you exactly, you start to see all of the things that are around you and see life. It's kind of like seeing life in color again. There's so much more going on than what we initially perceive most of the time. Right, right. I find hearts everywhere. Like that's my thing. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, even on my on my website, I have like a dedication page just of hearts, pictures of hearts I found. But I truly do. Like again, people are like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I took a hike with a friend the other day. We live near a nature center. We were walking along, and I was gasping for air because I'm way out of shape. So I was like, "Hold on!" As we were climbing this hill, give me a second. I like, yeah, oh, <laughs> and I said to myself, "All right, let's stop and smell the flowers for just a minute." Mm. And I turned my head, and when I did, there was a leaf with a heart, like a bug had eaten, a, and it was like this perfect heart. So I turned to my friend Chris, and I said, "I was like, well, I was going to stop and smell the roses, but I said, look," and she was like, "Of course, like." As we're right. walking along in this big giant, you know, forest, 
you stop to catch your breath and you turn your head and there's a, you know, right a heart on. <laughs> <So, laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. The <laughs> mysteries of life. I love that so much. <laughs> there's so many amazing things to explore. It is. It is. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's been such a joy having you here on air with me. Um, yeah. I love the work you're doing. And again, you know, thank you for shining that light of hope and for um, helping others along their healing journey. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been such a joy to connect with you and your community. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Mm. Bye-bye.